0: Hello and welcome back to Nomads, you and I. Mark, I'm going to confess something here. All right. So we've been doing this question game and at our last program, you pulled out a card and I'm like, I got nothing. And so I've been forcing myself to just come up with whatever comes to my head. And so we drew a second card. So we cheated. I feel like we kind of cheated. I want to come clean on that. So we are back to that question that Mark had read on our last program and i figured out my answer it just took me a little while
1: and the question was got a story to share about something funny that happened while traveling
0: okay well this is slightly funny so i am driving to the coast um it's late at night and so i remember exactly where i was i'm like probably 20 minutes from home i'm in these curves on highway 99 west headed toward, I'm about to enter Newburgh, okay, so there's this curve, and I've got my mother on the phone, and so we're chatting it up, and all of a sudden, something heavy and cold, kind of... And slimy. Yeah, it was like nothing I've ever had on my foot in my entire life. It slides onto my foot and sort of slides off, and I have no reference point for this. I have no idea what to do with this sensation. Like my brain is scrambling. Like, I don't get it. So I am looking for my first opportunity. I'm describing it to my mother. I'm kind of freaking out. I mean, it's kind of on a level of like, I don't have any, I'm not in touch with reality anymore because there's not a reality that can explain what just happened. So I finally pull over and she's on the phone and she's waiting to hear what it's going to be. And I turn on my dome light and I open my door to get out from away from whatever it is. And before I can do that, this huge frog
1: jumps out of the car and like you got like four lanes of traffic and starts and to go across And he
0: starts going across four lanes of traffic and I don't watch to see how the story ends. But. And I
1: think he was about as creeped out as you were. I think it was a mutual <laughs> shock to both of you. <laughs> I yep. hope he I hope he got home to he, his wife and okay, kids. Okay. But boy, I think little frog mama was waiting at home with a rolling pin when oh. he showed up a couple days later, yeah. roughed up and ragged like you where going? and with the smell of your perfume oh, on him. Oh
0: boy, he's in trouble. <sighs> Some days are harder than other days when you're a big old ugly frog. So I my theory is he came out of your wood pile.
1: I think that's that's correct, yeah. Wow,
0: that was something else. All right, oh, Mark Dunnigan, you get another card question. Let me dig through the middle here. Let me see what you got. Your surprise question is, got a story to share about a really unique restaurant you've eaten at? Mark, if that's not a Mark Dunnigan question, <laughs> I don't know what is. What is going on here? All right, that was like a what do you call it when you're we're playing baseball and you kind of lob it? Oh, that, that that's, that's a softball. Just like, that's, that's a softball. You questioned. are knocking that yes, out of the field. Yes. Let's hear it. A Re- really unique really restaurant. Unique restaurant. Man, wow, um, this could be like an hour long podcast. It could
1: be because. Well, years ago in Portland, they had the Oregon Grinder Pizza Restaurant, right? That had a a <laughs> full a, a full size organ built into the restaurant.
0: Um, all over the restaurant, like it's almost like, like you are was, inside the you organ, were, You're yeah. in the middle.
1: Yeah, and you walk in, and there's all the pipes there, and the guy did like 2001 Space Odyssey. As you're like vibrating
0: like a, the whole time.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. You're just, yeah. While
0: you're in line, and then you finally get, this is so Portland, keep Portland weird. Well, yeah, yeah this is the upside of the weird. but And it's not there any longer, but mm-hmm. yeah, and that's just the beginning because once you sit down, then they're playing like old black and white movies. And yes, there's and have other a, a weird, chimpanzee
1: on a, you know, fake chimpanzee on a drum set and, you know.
0: Weird things are happening.
1: The uh, Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor, when we were kids and you, you went there for your birthday and they, or, your parents ordered the zoo, which was like, it was a scoop of every flavor of ice cream that they sold in a big bucket and they brought it like on poles and it had circus animals. All in it. Yeah. My parents never sprung for that, but I enjoyed that at le- at least two birthday parties.
0: Oh, lucky duck. I don't think I ever got to Farrell's like that.
1: Yeah, in the past. There have been a number of, well, on our nomad trip, we were up on the Hudson, sitting outside in Catskill, New York, and it was two lobster dinners for $40.
0: Nice.
1: That was pretty cool.
0: Yes, sirree. What does this have to do with diatrophies, Mark Dunnigan?
1: It really has nothing to do with diatrophies. Okay, but but we
0: just want to walk people through the scriptures, and we thought maybe you'd like to get to know the nomads a little bit. You should always, it's stranger safety. Stranger, what do they used to call it?
1: Stranger danger.
0: Don't have any stranger danger. You got to know who you're hiking with, and you're hiking with people that have frogs landing on their foot and you're scripture hiking with people who go into restaurants that have creepy monkeys.
1: Well, and on our way out of here, it'd be nice to hit the restaurant uh, in Foley, Alabama, where they throw the dinner rolls at you.
0: That's weird. Yes. All right, let's dig into 3 John.
1: So, 3 John, starting in verse 9. I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them, does not accept what we say for this reason. If I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does, unjustly accusing us with wicked words, and not satisfied with this, he himself does not receive the brethren, and he forbids those who desire to do so, and puts them out of the church. Mm. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does is of God, the one who does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself, and we add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had many things to write to you, but I'm not willing to write them to you with pen and ink. But I hope to see you shortly, and we will speak face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends by name.
0: Mm hmm. So, Diatrophes is not, he is not awesome, Mark.
1: It's interesting because the letter is written to Gaius, right? And Mm -hmm. Gaius is probably one of the most common names in the first century world. Well, Diotrephes is probably one of the most uncommon names in the first-century oh, world. Oh, really? Yeah, it means ah. Zeus-reared, and it was only found in wow. noble or ancient families. It was only found in the upper crust.
0: Wow. All right. Well, he loves to be first among them, and you know, Mark, what Jesus says about the first in Matthew twenty sixteen: the first will be last.
1: Yes. so So john says i wrote something to the church and it looks like that Diotrephes must have been in the same congregation as gaius Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. gaius to the church that you're a member of too i wrote a letter and Diotrephes does not accept what we say
0: well that makes sense that he loves to be first and he and that goes along with the same kind of character that would not accept what it what an inspired apostle would say because pride makes humans unteachable that's why proverbs 11 12 says when pride comes then comes disgrace and with humility comes wisdom so yeah loves to be first is not going to listen to what wisdom says
1: you make a good point he loves to be first among them or i think one translation says he loves the preeminence mm-hmm. interesting contrast jesus is to be first in all things jesus is to have preeminence in all things mm-hmm. and diotrophies wants to be top dog mm-hmm. and be in control of everything. And so we we have motive here. We have motive here. And it's it, this pride and arrogance of wanting to be first and, and maybe resenting the fact that he's not an apostle, mm-hmm. and John is, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that he would want the authority and certainly abuse the authority if he had it of, of an apostle. Mm-hmm. And so he's just not going to accept what John says. He's going to reject it and that's serious because john's inspired
0: oh yeah and you
1: reject a new testament letter you're rejecting god
0: the jig is up mark Dunnigan. and that's why john says here for this reason if i come i will call attention to his deeds which he does lovers of god must love souls enough to find their voice like john does here and confront the darkness that destroys souls Reminds me of what Ephesians 5.11 says, quote, do not participate in the useless deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them, unquote.
1: Yeah, John is going to come and publicly mm-hmm. call attention to the wicked deeds. And among them are unjustly accusing us with wicked words, telling lies, That's telling lies does. about John. Yes. Yeah,
0: Satan is the accuser, according to Revelation 12, 11.
1: It looks like Diotrephes regarded John as some sort of rival to his own assumed position oh, uh-huh. in the church yeah, and sought to undermine John's authority as an apostle mm-hmm. with slanderous gossip. Mm. And there are people that do that today. There are people that, you know, they'll say terrible things about the Apostle Paul. To say terrible things about Jesus or an Apostle, mm-hmm. you're really in trouble when you start doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. In fact, basically what you're saying is you want to be number one.
0: Level bad.
1: In addition to that, the text goes on that he's not satisfied with this gossiping and rumoring and false accusations. It says he himself does not receive the brethren. That is, he does not receive into fellowship faithful Christians Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or Christians who realize that John is a legitimate apostle, Christians that would fellowship John. Mm -hmm. He forbids those who desire to do so You can not have a friendship with John, and you can't listen to him, and we're not going to have him here.
0: Yeah, and I thought about this phrase, and not satisfied with this. So here he is, he's accusing the Apostle John with malicious words, not satisfied with this. Mark, is this the nature of sin? Like it's never satisfied, but is always starving for darker and darker progression.
1: Yeah, that's a great observation. There's a statement, I think, in Second Timothy that evil men and imposters will wax worse and worse. Always be careful if you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm going to go this far into a sin or temptation, but no farther.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That is
1: a myth, and you're just lying to yourself when you think that.
0: So he himself does not receive the brothers either. What I thought about that was how can we encourage each other or speak words of influence for good if we see ourselves as superior to our church family, right? You're not going to want to receive the brothers if you think you're superior to everyone. Then he forbids those who want to do so. And isn't that always how sin goes, Mark, is that sin loves company.
1: Yeah, and it's really interesting here that when you go down the path of self, and pride all of a sudden the truth is a threat to you Mm -hmm. and truth speakers are a threat to you Mm -hmm. so diatrophies is trying to control Mm -hmm. the atmosphere Mm -hmm. and and that's what you do when you're in sin that is Mm -hmm. the people out there who love you enough and are honest enough to tell you the truth if you're not going to repent you typically cut them off Mm -hmm. he slandered john He cold-shouldered faithful preachers, and he excommunicated loyal believers
0: because
1: he loved himself and wanted to have all the power in the group.
0: Yeah, he's binding where God has not bound, and that is the work of Satan, because only God can determine and bind what is good and what is evil, so yeah he's putting himself in the place of god here and he's putting them out of the church so the only situation in which another must do this is what we read about right in first corinthians 5
1: and matthew chapter 18 so there is a place for people to be withdrawn from when they refuse to repent of sin after after they're given opportunities Right. Uh, oh, At least yeah. Two opportunities. Oh, yes. But here is completely different. Here is. Wait a minute. You believe John's an apostle. You respect him. You're gone.
0: Mm-hmm. So just for a point of clarity in First Corinthians five to review what Mark said that, yes, don't think that if someone is put out of the church, that that has been always done by a diatrophy. Sometimes it's done by a very faithful eldership, or a very faithful congregation that is in full compliance with the pattern we read about in 1 Corinthians 5 that says, quote, I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he is an immoral person, or covetous, or an idolater, or a reviler, or a drunkard, or a swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have we to do with judging outsiders? Do you not judge those who are within the church, but those who are outside God judges? Remove the wicked man from among yourselves, unquote. So these people that are siding with John and associating with him are certainly not described as immoral or covetous or adulterer or reviler or drunkard or swindler. So they were not to be put out of Yes.
1: I think the great lesson here is from all the passages that you gave is that you will, in life, you will draw lines of fellowship. Mm -hmm. If you don't have God as a sinner, you will draw the lines in the wrong places. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. will... Embrace the wrong people and you will shun Mm -hmm. the wrong people. Everyone does that. Everyone does that. Mm -hmm. Um, The world does that. You Mm -hmm. can see that particularly in our cancer culture today where you have a lot of diatrophies.
0: Yes, well, that's yep. a good good point. A lot of diatrophies out there that are calling good evil and evil good. Such a reminder of John 7:24 where Jesus says, "Judge with righteous judgment." That takes a lot of discretion, Mark, and a lot of familiarity with the scriptures to be able to judge with righteous judgment.
1: In verse 11, beloved, do not imitate what is evil. And right there, Gaius is clearly told, don't follow the bad example of Diotrephes. Do not get drawn in with those who want power, who want the preeminence, but imitate what is good. Keep on doing what you have been doing. That's the two choices you have in life.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of people imitating evil right now, Mark. Often the motive in today's culture, I think when Christians imitate evil is just to get a laugh.
1: To uh, be popular, to be, to cool, be liked, to be not unmonished. to lose friends, not yes. not so that someone can label you as a prude or a, yes. a puritan or
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, and and really, imitating evil can also be seen in immodest dress or slander, profanity. There's all kinds of ways that that can go down. But yeah, let's imitate Christ.
1: At the end, it's interesting, the contrast here. It says, the one who does good is of God. You might expect the verse to say, the one who does evil is not of God it adds something. The one who does evil has not seen God. Hmm. And of course, Jesus would say that, well, no one has really seen God face to face, right? Mm. It kind of intensifies it. The person who does evil does not even have the remotest connection or relationship with God. Uh You you really can't claim any attachment to God if you do evil.
0: Right. So if you look at that sentence, beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. So he's saying, imitate what is good. So to me, that's very helpful to help me remember to notice and take the admirable attitudes and actions of those around me that are getting it right. So there's no shame in copying inspirational examples. You know, originality is not one of the fruits of the spirit.
1: (laughs) We're going to imitate something, right? You got the works of the first for the spirit. So nobody stays neutral. You Mm -hmm. will imitate either good or evil.
0: Yep. You'll always add your own flair to how you do that. You know, your own (laughs) voice, your own words, your own approach. But yeah, find people that you find inspiring and do what they do.
1: Interesting, there's free will there. You have the power to imitate good. You can Mm -hmm. actually do that. Mm -hmm. You also have the power to imitate evil. So both of those reside within you. Make the right choice.
0: When he says, the one who does what is good is of God, it just reminded me of that expression, like father, like son, you know, like ultimate good that we can imitate is, of course, God himself. So, yeah, looking at the qualities, it's a great study to study the qualities that, that... The scriptures say are within God's character Could because many of those we can imitate.
1: And then here's a great place where John really cuts through different arguments. There are a number of people out there that might say, well, I'm not living right and I've done this and that, but I believe in God and I love God. And this verse says, unless you're doing good, unless you're Mm -hmm. imitating good, you're not of God. You can't claim to be of God and in sin at the same time. Yeah so in verse 12 interesting as discouraging Diotrephes is in this section everything's not discouraging here we have a gaius who's amazing we also have demetrius demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone he's got a good reputation from christians and from the truth itself that is his life and the truth are the same they don't contradict and we add our testimony, John says. Hey, I'm I'm gonna add in there and says, Yeah, this man's a faithful man, and you know that our testimony is true. Demetrius is faithful. Mm-hmm. He's a faithful Christian. Mm-hmm. Other Christians testify to that, I'm testifying to that, and the truth says that as well. Mm-hmm. His Behavior is in line with God's truth.
0: Well, it said right before that, the one who does what is good is of God, and so he would be one of those. The one who does what is evil is not seeing God. The reason why they've not seen God is their eyes are willingly closed so as to block out the reality all around them of his undeniable existence. This is often how it can be said, I think, that those that are evil have not seen God. It's like a willful closing of their eyes so that they can enjoy the evil that they're engaged in without fear of retribution. But I think Romans 1.20 is such a reminder here where it says, Since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. So if you have not seen God, you are without excuse, my friend, you know?
1: Yes. Man is without excuse. The evidence is plain. Mm -hmm. I had many things to write to you, but I'm not willing to write them to you with pen and ink and I don't think this means like, oh, there's a lot of other really important truths that I'd like to get down, but I'm not going to share them. Could be a lot of things found in the first letter, the first epistle, Mm -hmm. 1 John, but it also could be a lot of more personal things to talk about. uh
0: Well, if God wanted him to write more, God would have had him write more. Um, yeah,
1: and you can see why this letter is short. It's basically, "Hey, Gaius, you're doing great. Oh, by the way, I wrote a letter to the church there. Mm. Diotrephes got a hold of it. Mm. He's a wicked guy. Mm-hmm. And when I show up, I'm going to expose him. Mm-hmm. Also, don't believe the lies he's telling about Demetrius. You know it. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you can tell why this is a short letter, a short pointed letter.
0: Okay, Mark. Why then should we feel secure that none of the books of the New Testament are missing in these kinds of situations?
1: A number of lines of evidence. God has said that his word is imperishable seed, 1 Peter chapter 1, 23-25. It endures, it abides forever. God was able to preserve the Old Testament. We know that because when Jesus showed up on the earth, he never accused the Jews of altering the text. And he also said in Matthew 5, 18 through 20, that the text that he dealt with, that Jesus did, which was not the original, but had been hand copied, was still the word of God right down to the smallest mark of punctuation Mm -hmm. and the smallest letter. He also said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away, Matthew chapter 24. Also, how big is your God? If God is able to preserve 66 books, he certainly could preserve 67 if he wanted us to have 67
0: books. Well, and this epistle itself kind of serves that purpose as well, to show that nothing is being lost.
1: Yeah, a couple of our scripture hikes recently, we've kind of noted that there were two things. There were false letters circulating, okay? Oh, yes. And so Paul says, hey, got my handwriting, on, uh, got my closing statement on this, okay? And so... The other thing would be this epistle would tell us a letter was sent and someone grabbed it. And that did not stop the truth is Mm -hmm. that another letter was sent. Uh And also, I think in the first passage I referenced to, you would know a false letter because Paul says, here's the truth. And a false letter is going to contradict that truth. Right. And so that's kind of also how we know which books are inspired because they do not contradict all the previous revealed letters. They're consistent. Yeah. They're consistent with what God has said over the centuries. Another good way to look at it is, what book of the Bible could we get rid of and not miss anything? Zero. And, and and there are <laughs> none like that. And not only that, but what if someone says, okay, of all the topics God could have spoken of, which one's missing And that one's hard to think of, too, because it's like, I don't think we're missing anything. I think God has, as he said in 2 Peter 1, 3, he's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Verse 14 says, I hope to see you shortly. going to show up. We'll deal with diatrophies. But there's going to be kind of a mixture, right? A mixture of we're going to get in there and get rid of the evil, going to cleanse it out, Mm -hmm. and we're going to be encouraged. And Mm -hmm. we will speak face to face. Maybe that's a warning to diatrophies. Mm Going to speak face to face Mm too to you, my friend. Peace be to you, the friends greet you, greet the friends by name. It's important to note that John the Apostle was a very social man Mm -hmm. and had Mm -hmm. dear friends in a local congregation, more than one local congregation, and he knew them all by name.
0: Mm -hmm. God's people are well socialized, you know.
1: They are, and I think it's the gospel that really helps socialize an individual. Yeah, Yeah, it's the gospel. It's the virtues. If you have the virtues, if you have the fruit of the Spirit, yes, you will be well socialized.
0: Greet the friends by name. I'm a little bit convicted right now, Mark, because you and I kind of (laughs) struggle.
1: Well, we've met a lot of people, oh, but yeah, remembering people's names people. is not oh, the easiest thing.
0: That is not the easiest thing. So let's end this podcast on a light note. So Mark and I, when we introduce ourselves to people, we kind of feel like maybe they also have a hard time. Like you think sometimes people think like you do, like, and I guess maybe other people have also said like, yeah, we have a hard time remembering names too. Um, so we always say we're Mark and Cindy, like Mark and Mindy. And we've had other people that have given us help.
1: Yes. We had someone who came up. Yeah. Debbie Amos. Yeah. She says, I'm the snack girl. And I'm little Debbie and famous Amos.
0: Yeah. Little Debbie. And we never going to forget. No, Debbie I Amos will never now.
1: forget Debbie Amos.
0: Yeah. So this is a little homework. How can people remember your name? You know? I'm Cindy Dunn again, done once, done again, I'm done again. I'm done again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. Work on your spiel. Yeah, have okay. a way, have an yeah. easy way. And every name probably has something like that. I would think. Have an easy way that people can remember your name. Right. And and that's not necessarily their job. That's your job.
0: You come up with your little
1: your clever memory device.
0: There you go. And yeah, that will really help people out. So that way they can greet the friends by name as our book ends here. All right. This was fun and interesting. And I thank you again, Mark Dunnigan. You and I got to jump on all these recordings. This is the last one we're recording for the winter. It's actually going to break in the summer. So Congratulations. We have done our 26 recordings, I believe, this winter. And so we've got them all plugged into the calendar so that when we are living nomadically,
1: they drop when they should. Yes,
0: sir. All right. Thank you for joining us for this scripture hike and God bless.